Welcome back to Redefine Fitness. I am your host, Kelsey Wells. Today's episode is dedicated to my dad. And I'm going to do a little bit of storytelling here. I am going to, I would, to be honest, I sat down to record this episode. I had like an hour of free time and I thought, you know what? I want to record an episode, had no clue what, tossed around some ideas and memories started flowing to me and they were, they are, um, memories with my dad. And I started to jot down a couple of these and I realized that each one has a pretty rad life lesson attached to it. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to share some of these here and I hope you like it. Um, so when I was, I have an allergy, I have a life threatening allergy to peanuts and tree nuts. Um, I grew into this allergy when I was 18 months old. It's always been difficult. Um, it's been a very formative thing in my life in a lot of different ways and becoming a parent, I can't count the times that I've said this because I've had this powerful realization that I do feel like it would be so much more difficult to be a parent of a child with anaphylactic allergies than have them yourselves. And I just have this wealth of gratitude and respect and love for my parents and the ways that they protected me and helped me and guided me, um, growing up with this. Um, and I also recognize how terrifying that would be. I've counted, I mean, I cannot count the number of times where I've just been so grateful that Anderson doesn't have this. And all that to say, um, there was one particular day I was in high school and I was working in the yard. I was trying to earn up money to buy an iPod. Um, I think I was helping like spread mulch. It was like spring and we were covering the flower beds and I was just trying to earn a little bit of extra money so I could save up to buy an iPod. It was like the original when the iPods first came out. I'm giving away my age, but you guys already know I'm 33. It was, you know, the one button in the middle, the spinny circle thing. And I don't remember how many songs they held, but the little black and white kind of digital screen. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. A big music lover, but these were like expensive. And I knew that it was going to take me a long time to save up the money to be able to buy one. And my dad came home from work and he called me downstairs and he was like, Hey, let's talk for a minute. And we went outside and I sat, we sat on our front porch swing and he pulled out a bag and he tossed it to me. And he was like, I got this for you. And I opened up that plastic bag from Best Buy and inside was a brand new iPod. And I just said, dad, like, I don't have the money yet. Like I haven't earned this yet. And he said, I know you don't need to earn it. It's a gift. And I immediately thought, well, you know, like I have two sisters, I have a brother, like what I, it felt uneven. It felt unfair. And I just was a little bit worried. I just didn't really understand And he just hugged me and he just said, you know, Kels, life isn't always easy and it's not always fair. And I'm aware and I know that things have been tough with your allergy lately. And I just wanted you to have this. And I know that your siblings will understand. And of course, all my siblings are super stoked for me. And I remember just feeling in that moment so seen 
And it taught me, I think it's taught me more and more, you know, the older I get and the more I look back on that memory, but what a gift it is to be seen by someone. And what it takes to see those who we love, it requires empathy and it requires honesty. And I think it requires trust. Um, a similar memory from a similar time of life. I was in high school and this was a phase where my parents had decided to, um, pay us for our grades. And the structure that they were trying out was like, they didn't want my older sister and I to get, um, to be stressed to get like a job, but they understood that we needed like some spending money to go to a movie or whatever. And we didn't, we weren't getting like regular allowances or anything. And so it was like, my dad was like, your work in high school is your school. And so, you know, we're going to pay you, I think it was like $20 for every A and whatever it was. It was, we got paid quarterly, like for our grades. And I remember, um, getting my report card and being so sad because I didn't have the best grades, but it was not for lack of trying or screwing around. I just really struggled with math (laughs) and I was overwhelmed. Um, my older sister who is the best, you guys know her, she's been on the pod. Um, she had straight A's and she was so stoked to come home and show my parents her grades. And I just had a pit in my stomach. I had, I remember I had my first ever C in math and I had a B minus and then I had B's and I just felt like an absolute failure. I had been kicked out of the junior honor society. (laughs) Um, and I just was like, man, not only was I not going to make this money that I was hoping to have, I just felt like a failure. I felt like I had let, I was going to let my parents down. I thought they'd be disappointed in me or were worried about me or something. And I just had this immense amount of stress. And I remember I ran right upstairs straight to my bathroom, did not, um, I, I put my report card on the table and I just ran upstairs. And I'm like, I'm not, I just, you know, trying to avoid. And my dad comes up and he knocks on the bathroom door and I come out into the hall and he hands you an envelope and he's like, here's your, here's your money for your grades. And I was like, dad, it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And he's like, Kels, open it up. And I opened up the envelope and there was the same amount of money that I would have gotten if I had straight A's. And, oh, it makes me emotional. I just remember he, before I could even say anything, I was just looking at it and I said, dad, like I, I didn't get straight A's. Like I, my report card's on the table and I'm sorry. And he's like, Kels, I saw it. And I was like, I think I apologize. And he was like, Kels, I've been watching you. I've seen how hard you work. And just like heavenly father, I wanted to reward your effort because I know that we're not perfect humans, but I believe that God rewards our efforts to do and be good. And I have spoken a lot on the podcast about effort, effort over outcome and how focusing on your effort over your outcomes 
will always every time yield outcomes that you can be proud of and bring lessons that you can learn from. And I think all of those teachings really stem from that moment and that example. Um, Another story, (laughs) this one is like not necessarily a one-time thing, but this was just like an all the time teaching lesson thing. We played, you know, junior jazz basketball when we were little. And then when we moved to Texas, we played junior Mavs basketball. And then I think it was like, you know, a good while into me playing basketball and never making a shot. I actually made one shot one time and it was for the wrong team on like the opposite hoop. (laughs) I was no wonder I was wide open. (laughs) Um, and then I finally just, you know, took up dance and, and let the sports behind. But during that time, um, we lost a lot and my dad, um, was always our number one fan, always at all the games. I was usually on a team with my sister. And after every game, my dad was so stoked and happy and ready to celebrate. And no matter win or lose. And he would always, always say, he'd come right up to us and we'd be kind of mopey and sad and be like, well, you took second. And we would just like, I I just remember his energy changed everything. It was his perspective of it. Yeah. We lost, we were losers or we took second and we played a game and we had fun. And either way we would go straight to Seven Eleven and get a little small slurpee and have a great Saturday with the family. And it kind of became, became like a joke in our family between all of us, you know, like how'd it go? Oh, well, we, well, we took second, you know, and I think it's, such a beautiful lesson on the power of perspective, which is also another key theme in this podcast. I've said it a million times, but I truly believe that our perspective is the single most formative force in our lives because it is our choices and our actions that matter and that define us. And those things are predicated upon our perspective and how we choose to view ourselves and those around us and the world around us. And taking second isn't so bad. Um, It helped us remember, even as really young kids, that it's about the fun of the game and it's about the exercise and it's about doing something and it's about trying. And that even, you know, so-called perceived failures can and should sometimes be celebrated and something to be grateful for or sometimes not worried about. Um, Another memory that is something that I cherish and hold so, so dear to my heart is the way that my dad treats my mom. Um, every day when he, he worked so hard and every day when he came home from work before he said hi to the kids or did anything else, he would go straight to my mom, drop his briefcase on the floor and just give her a big hug and usually squeeze her butt (laughs) right in front of us then kiss her right in front of us. And we'd be like, Oh my gosh, stop. Don't, you know, and roll our eyes. And no matter what kind of a day she was having, she would break out into this beautiful, vibrant smile. And 
and it would just feel happy and warm. He, I do not recall not one time ever hearing my dad raise his voice to my mom, no matter what. He would not tolerate any of us kids back talking my mom. You know, if we back talked to him, that was one thing. Obviously, kids will be kids sometimes, but even in those tough teenage years when not all of us got along with my mom, um, a house full of girls, he would not tolerate if we misspoke to her. And he always was protective of her, but also viewed her as unequal equal in the decision-making of our home and, you know, equal and opposite. They kind of had opposite roles in our family and in our home, but they were a team and a partnership and their relationship and the way that my dad treated my mom was the foundation of, for me and all my siblings to know how we should be treated in a relationship. Um, I never had a boyfriend. I did not date in like middle school or high school. I had my first kiss when I was like 17. Ryan was actually my first boyfriend who ended up just being my absolute other half and soulmate and all those cheesy but true things. And I remember watching a lot of my friends go through different relationships and just knowing so intrinsically like, mm, that's not right. And if it wasn't, if it didn't feel like that, if it didn't feel like home and like warm and like love, then I didn't want it. And that was partially why it was so easy for me to fall in love with my husband and see him and love him so quickly because I had waited and waited until someone, my bar was so high and I wasn't going to lower it for anyone or anything. And, and when he came along and when I found that, I knew it. And love, the lesson of love for my dad. Um, and another story slash life lesson from my dad is music and dancing. My dad loves jams. He um, would often come home and we would break out into dance parties, um, impromptu. We'd call them jam sessions. Usually we were all in our pajamas and he would blast songs, you know, by Earth, Wind & Fire or there's one by Lisa Loeb that I loved so much. Um, he would play fast jams, 80s music usually, and but not rock. It was like more soulful. And we would just dance and dance in the living room, all of us kids and my dad and, um, memories driving and we were jamming to jams. And then when we got into high school and CDs became a thing, he would burn us. He, he took the time to burn my sister and I fast jams, volume one and fast jams, volume two. And these were compilations of serious jams that we were to learn and to understand, to appreciate. Um, and I absolutely adore those memories. And I think it's the love of music and dancing and life is a powerful lesson in and of itself. But I think a deeper lesson for me when I look back on those memories was mindfulness. 
because mindfulness, as we know, is bringing ourselves to the present moment. And he chose to come and be exceptionally present with his kids in those moments. As an adult and understanding a little bit more of maybe what he had been facing during some of those years and stresses and, you know, um, he could have easily come home and been too tired. He could have easily come home and been dismissive or not even in a rude way, just not in the mood or not having the mental capacity, but he chose to show up and gather us around him and be present with his family and chose again to create a moment of lightheartedness and fun amidst whatever stressors he was surely facing that we knew nothing of. I think if we look at all of these lessons, being seen and seeing others, which stems from empathy, um, cultivating perspective and a positive perspective at that, knowing how to value yourself and what true love can and should be being mindful with those around us, even in the midst of tough times and hard days. And there's one, um, one more story. This will be the last one. Um, I, (laughs) I borrowed my dad's car. It was the very first time, very first time I'd ever driven his car. Um, after I had my license, like alone, right? Like I'd driven it with him in it, but I, it was a Sunday afternoon. I wanted to drive to my friend's house, which was like 15 minutes away to drop off something. And I was coming right back, you know, Sunday afternoon, warm spring day, summer day, no weather. And I asked my dad and I was kind of nervous to ask him. He's like, yeah, sure. Just come straight home. And I was like, okay. So I get in the car. I'm so nervous, so scared. I'm driving super careful and slow. And I pull up to my friend's house and I get out and I run the thing up to her door. I say, hi, I'm like, I got to go home. She's like, oh my gosh, you're driving. And I was like, I know it's so crazy. And I get back in my car or my dad's car and I back up straight into a pole. And I could not believe it. I mean, it was like a short, it was one of those green metal like yard marker sticks, but I mean, it was like in the grass. It was kind of on the there were no curbs in this neighborhood. It was just like grass and then the street. And so they would have these kind of three to four foot tall metal poles that were like spray painted green that just kind of marked the edge of the, I don't know. I don't know why I was there, but the driveway was very wide enough. I just, I turned, I didn't see it. I backed straight into it. And I remember freezing and I got out of the car and I looked and I could not believe, I mean, there was a dent, there was a very significant scratch, like a big, wide, like foot long, couple feet wide. Like it was, it did a little damage and I just could not believe it. I fell apart and I got back in the car. I'm driving home, just sobbing, just through tears, just distraught. I, I was 
so worked up about my fear of pulling into that driveway and having to tell my dad what I'd done on the very first time he trusted me to drive alone. And I just ran. I think I actually, in my dramatics, uh, pulled his car in and I, um, my family was like outside shooting hoops at our basketball hoop. And I pulled the car into the driveway and everyone was kind of saying hi. And I was in full tears and I just threw the keys on the grass. and I was like, I wrecked the car. And I'm like hysteric. And I ran up to my room and I shut the door and I was just sobbing. And I just about probably 10 minutes later, my dad comes up and I was just waiting for it. And I just, oh, the pit in my stomach, I can feel it now. And he just opens the door and he says, he like sighed. And in the most sweeted, almost exasperated voice, he goes, Kels, come downstairs um, shoot some hoops. And I was like, dad, I wrecked your car. And And he's like, Kelsey, I know that that drive home, you punished yourself enough. It's just a car. Come, come outside and shoot some hoops. You don't need to mope around. And I just, I could not believe it. I mean, I could not believe it. And he's right. I mean, I was sick with myself, but priorities, you know, the lesson of priorities. I think that was also a lesson of being seen, but I think keeping our priorities in mind. And funny enough, that was a little foreshadowing because our very first week of marriage after our honeymoon, I actually um, got in a little fender bender with Ryan and I's first car that we had ever bought. (laughs) Two weeks after we bought the car, one week after our wedding, And I, same thing, like I was just sick with myself, walked into the house and I walked through the door and Ryan was waiting there with like a little dinner for us. And I just, my face must've been pale as a ghost. And he goes, you wrecked the car. Like he could just, I think I just had it written all over me. And I was like, I just started sobbing. I was like, how did you know? And he just gave me the biggest hug and he chuckled a little and he's like, babe, it's okay. (laughs) And he just was just as sweet and kind. And um, that was another little moment I think that taught me, but I just think it's interesting that I did that twice. Um, but all of these lessons, as I w- I was saying, being seen and seeing others and cultivating and choosing a positive perspective and living out of love and what love looks and should and can feel like and putting in your best effort and how effort is rewarded and making sure that your priorities are clear in your mind. All of these things, are they not a blueprint to living our best, healthiest lives? I am asked more often than I can count how to change your life. And in other episodes of this podcast, I have laid out some tangible tips to begin exercising successfully and regularly. And um, we've talked about a lot of different things, a lot of different ways, but ultimately underneath our efforts to exercise and eat more nutritious food and live healthily, I think we forget that living healthy means healing and living an authentic, present, whole life. And the keys to that are not how many steps you take in a day. Sure, with your physical heart health, absolutely. But 
we are more than that. We are more than our physical parts and our physical bodies are phenomenal, living, breathing, miraculous organisms and gifts, but we're more than our bodies and we can't change our lives and we won't. And we will grow weary and tired trying if we are solely focused on looking up articles on how to cut calories or how to exercise more efficiently. But I've learned through a lot of hard times and a lot of life that I've experienced on my own. And I've learned from these life lessons that my dad taught me. And I could tell you similar stories with my mom and even my siblings and write a book about the lessons Ryan's shown me. But ultimately, these are the things. And if you're getting overwhelmed with your quote fitness journey, I would invite you to just like take a big breath and a step back and look at it on more of a macro level. You are a multifaceted being having a human experience and your health is as multifaceted as you are. And it encompasses your mental and emotional and spiritual and physical well-being. And when we pour too much emphasis on only the physical, the other pieces start to get lost or start to fall away. But if you choose to put your effort in to care for yourself and your health, one small effort every day, maybe that's exercise, maybe that's meditation, no matter what it is, that counts. If you can honestly ask yourself how you are doing on the deeper level and see yourself and remember seeing, seeing yourself in the sense, not how you look in the mirror, but seeing yourself in the light and in the way that you would see the person that you love dearest in this world. Can you see yourself? Are you struggling? Where are you struggling? What do you need? What piece of you needs to be held? Or comforted? Or assured? Or believed in? Look at your perspective. Are you finding the bad in each day or are you finding the good? Are you spending your time criticizing and complaining and condemning yourself, your life, things that are out of your control? Or are you choosing the perspective of, yeah, that sucks. And yeah, I'm feeling angry or mad and that's valid, but I choose this. Are you choosing the perspective of, My health, my mental and emotional and spiritual health is just as important, if not more so, as my physical health. Are you keeping your priorities in mind? And is the time that you spend in your life reflecting those priorities? If you say you 
love your loved ones and they matter most to you, does your time reflect that? Even if there's not much left, even if you're working a long day and overtired and overwhelmed, are you remembering your priorities? Are you being present when you can? And are you prioritizing yourself and making sure that yourself and your health is up there with the top of your priorities? And are you living from love? Do you know the kind of love that you deserve to receive and to give? Do you remember that it is supposed to feel warm and safe and happy and sad sometimes too, but always safe? and warm and steady. And that requires giving grace and showing up. And I think it's easier to understand and see that and give that than it is to sometimes accept that and receive that for yourself and from yourself. But I promise you, you're worth it. And I promise you that if you feel stuck, start here. And you'll be amazed at how the rest clicks into place. Love you.